I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Put on your red leather boots, grind your crotch, and worship Satan. It's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. I don't have any. I don't want to. And you can't make me. Um, uh, talking a little bit about the Grammys. First, they did the whole uh, look back at the people that died the last year. This is one of your country starlets singing a uh, little uh, Loretta Lynn for you. Well, I was born a cold modern's daughter. On a hill in Butcher Holler We were poor, but we had love That's the one thing that Daddy made sure of He shoveled coal to make a poor man's dollar I thought that was really good. But they uh, remember a couple of years ago, or was it last year, they got in trouble because they left out like some one of your big dead people of the year got left out of the immemorium. Remember that? It was like one of your major artists that they just forgot. Yeah, that happens almost. That happens semi frequently. Well, so but. this year they clearly went overboard the other the other direction, and they had here's the second producer on an album you've never heard of from a group you've never heard of who also died. And I mean, it was like it felt like it was an hour long. Mm. It's just it was so freaking tedious. Yeah, I missed that. And uh, you know, it was in between um, uh, Devil Worship and Madonna's weird face and. Uh, and the oversexualization of the Grammys and all that sort of stuff, but um, and the gender bending madness, right? Uh, you know what I didn't see? Uh, I didn't see much, but uh, among the things I didn't see, the loving uh, tribute to Christine McVie. Yeah, so that uh, I liked the idea of it was Cheryl Crow and Bonnie Raitt singing one of uh, Christine McVie's most famous songs, and then with Mick Fleetwood, the drummer standing there playing a tom-tom for some reason. But it, it came off like they they didn't all know which song they were going to do until they got going. 
Oh. And that Cheryl Crow and Bonnie Raitt had never met each other before. Oh. And uh, that was unfortunate. Yeah. Oh. Same, same key. Yeah. Um, I don't know yeah. if they had an earpiece problem going on there. Or what? I love my son really like, because my son likes the hip hop. They did a, it's a 50th year anniversary of hip hop somehow or whatever. And so they brought back like all the biggest acts over time, all doing like little snippets of their favorite songs. It mm-hmm. was the sort of thing I just hated watching when I was a kid that they would do with Motown on a regular basis. You know, look, it's the Supremes. Oh, good. Smokey Robinson again. But, and everybody gets like two lines. Right. Or yeah, it was more or less like Depending on their status. Right. And, and my son was kind of digging in and uh, mentioning people he'd heard of but never seen her. But they're all so old. That's what I found funny. Is they're all like my age or older, like balding and gray headed or whatever. Like Public Enemy. What's his name with the clock around his neck? I mean, he kind of walked out there stiff legged and kind of moved around a little when he looked like he was 70. Uh, it was funny. Flava Flav. Yeah, I bet citizen. that clock has stopped. <laughs> Ice T and my son said, hey, it's the Cane's chicken guy. That's not what Ice T was thinking he was back in the day. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, time is undefeated in more ways than one. Yeah, I found that pretty entertaining. Um, I, I just, I don't know how to get away from just sounding like an old person complaining about the degrading of culture and all the sex, the sexualization of it and all, but I don't know. I don't know. Where does it end? Like I said on the radio show, I feel like it's traveled so far in 40 years. 40 years from now, we're going to have a guy come out and take a dump on stage. And people will think, oh, that's outrageous. Oh, my God, you're so you're such a rebel for taking a dump on stage. Nobody's ever done that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same I, sort I, of thing. I, remind me not to watch when that becomes the thing to do. Uh, like I said, I barely tuned in yesterday. It, you know, to me, the Grammys, uh, any discussion of the Grammys is like reconsidering John Wilkes Booth as an actor. I mean, it's just uh, the Grammys have been dead to me since 1977. Because of? When uh, the Starland Vocal Band beat out Boston for Best New Artist. And you, They died to me in that moment. And you held a grudge ever since? Well, that's not a grudge. It's just uh, I don't have a grudge against Abraham Lincoln, but I know he's dead. Uh, he's dead. I don't go looking for him. He's dead. The Grammys are dead. They've been dead for a long time. Yeah, I discover a lot of music I like from the Grammys. Always have. I like it. Uh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, flip to, to take in the performances. I don't like pop music, really. Um, there was some good stuff. And I admit, there are things, because I'm better than most people, I can not like something, but I can appreciate the skill that went into crafting it. So I get that. And whatever you like is fine with with me, uh, as if you need my approval. Uh, but I did. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> How magnanimous of you. I was waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. Call myself on my own bullshit. Uh, but I did go back and look at who the nominees were for Best New Artist, 1976. Okay. Now, if you're a, a younger person, forgive me, because, you know, you don't give a crap. Uh, but famously, the Starland Vocal Band, a one-hit wonder with a novelty song, and never heard from again, won over Boston, which recorded and released one of the biggest selling albums to this day of all time. And a couple of follow-ups are pretty good. And I read some snarky critics talking about, well, they ruined radio for the next five years, but they did sell some albums. But you know what? I hate critics. Music critics, you'll be the first against the wall when the revolution comes. But here are your nominees. 
By the way, the uh, the nominations were were read and then the award given by the brothers Wilson of the Beach Boys, Carl Dennis and Brian Wilson. Mm. How charming! The nominees were Boston, the Brothers Johnson, a fine funk R and B band of the time, uh, not not like super radio friendly, but but respected. Doctor Buzzard's original Savannah band. Okay, don't know that. I don't know if I've heard a, 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 a note of Dr. Buzzard's hey, or, of, over, but I'll look it up. Hey, Dr. Buzzard, it hurts when I do this. <laughs> the Starland Vocal Band and Wild Cherry. Oh, really? That was the play uh, funky music mm-hmm. white boy band, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, in terms of sheer quality, you got to give them the nod over the Starland Vocal Band, never mind Boston. But so we have more than a feeling, more than a feeling. I, I, my my son asked, how do they decide who wins? And I said, nobody really knows because they're very tight-lipped about those deliberations and everything like that. But I'd love to sit in on those. Do they, do they vote independently or do they discuss amongst themselves? Because I just... I don't have I any idea. I can't even imagine when you've got, for like for best album, I get when you have best rap album. So, you know, you've got, or best country album. You got a whole bunch of that kind of music and then it's still weird to pick one as the best. Sure. But when you have best album and it's all the different genres of there, you got a dance album, you got a country album, you got a rap album. So how there's I would just love to hear the conversation among these critics explaining how this rap album is not as good as this country album. What? Because of what? <laughs> yeah, I thought Chuck uh, I thought Chris Stapleton was more true to the ethos and history of Appalachian music as it blends with the more urban influence than, you know, whatever Eminem was to the <laughs> right. hip hop uh, vibe. How how the hell would you judge that? I don't know. That's I can't even it's imagine. Picking the best for art is stupid. Well, and then it's uh, which I appreciated Harry Styles actually saying when he got the award for best album. That was a cool thing to throw yeah, in. Yeah, fine. Put on some pants. So. <laughs> Pick a gender. Put on some pants. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, and then they also, it's everybody seems to think this is a thing. They do it with the Oscars, too, where there's a little bit of a lifetime achievement thing. Like, if you've been around for long enough and oh, you have yes. something late in your yeah. career, they'll often give you the award. It's, it's, it's and like you probably a, got snubbed a couple of times. Yeah, it's like yeah. a cumulative award, and I feel like that happened with Bonnie Raitt. She won a Song of the Year for writing a song. Uh, yeah. Whichever one is the writing one, and she she won the award, and she she looked like completely shocked, not like fake Hollywood shocked, like really me, okay. Yeah. And she went up there and she said, "I don't write many songs. I'm glad you like this one, us." But um, <laughs> but I thought, <laughs> okay, that's one of those accumulative. You've been around for a long time. You've won Grammys, not in a while. Blah blah blah. I felt like it was just you know a nod, or or we've given too many awards to young people. We need to get somebody up here that's going to please the you know fifty plus crowd. I, I feel like that plays a role. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah, I don't know. It is a dumb idea. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, yeah. Again, John Wilkes Booth was good in some play. I don't want to talk about it. I just I don't. But it's almost like saying... It's an affront against all that is good and decent. Which is better between this beagle and a bowl of fruit? Which is better? Hmm. As a what? I mean, yeah, well, what, right. what kind of a question is that? It, well, and, and you know, if, if I were somebody else, I'd say, why don't you just say that one's the best country one, that's the best rap one, which one sold more copies? 
Although selling copies, now, what does that even mean now? Yeah, yeah. Had more streams. I don't. I don't know. That's why it's silly. Mm. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a good marketing ploy, though. I mean, it does. Yes. It, well, it it exposes more people to more music. It certainly does me. I don't I don't know where I would act. Where would I know Kendrick Lamar's album sounds like it's something I might like unless I watch the Grammys? And I'll probably listen to that today to, to check it out. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. Sky rockets in flight. <laughs> What is this? This is Dr. Buzzard. Okay. Original Sunshine Band called Sun Showers. And a band. I'm sorry. Did they say Sunshine Band? Hey, Dr. Buzzard, I have a loose stool and a fever. <laughs> what do you recommend? Drink plenty of liquids and stay home from work. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. Boy, this is half a dozen kinds of annoying all at once. Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.